Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone and thank you for tuning in to episode 75 of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka GigPod. I'm Stevie and we're doing something a wee bit different today. I'll go into that in a minute but I just want to let everyone know I'm not joined by Rizzo today. Now, if we can have a minute of silence here, actually it's a second of silence. Right, anyway, we're over it. So I'm doing something a wee bit different where I want to start getting opposition fans on for the team that we'll be playing so that we can get a wee bit of insight and analysis from like their side of things instead of just hearing things from myself, Rizzo and obviously Spunkphone and it being very much you know one dimensional and very one way so I just wanted to get a Hibs fan on ahead of tomorrow's game at Easter Road and who better to join me than my pal Tony at the Terrace who happens to be a high B. Tony thanks for coming on to GigPod. No problem at all it's my pleasure I feel like I owe you after you've done you've done plenty for, for us over the years. Look Tony before we get into tomorrow's game and about the who do Easter Road and the players that I personally feel we've got to watch out for for Hibs. Let's just get right into this one quickly. October has not been a good month whatsoever, if you're a high B, has it? No, not at all. That's um, three defeats on the bounce, which I think might only be, certainly since last season, I think we only have really had one period like that, and that was came in January. So in terms of Jack Ross, he's normally been quite consistent at bouncing back, but not so much this time. And... Uh, I think that's for, for various reasons. I think you're starting to see uh, the club tried to make some moves late in the transfer window for very specific positions. So uh, Jamie McCart uh, for St. Johnston for the centre half. Uh, Jamie McGrath is an attacking midfielder. And we were also looking at a striker for Atkinson Stanley to be a sort of dodge backup. And lo and behold, this month we've lost Porteous, we've lost McGuinness, and we've lost Dodge in those specific positions. And you can see why the club firstly wanted to, but unfortunately failed in sort of putting these sort of key 
parts of our team in terms of our cohesion and how we move forward uh, together uh, for the for for these parts of the season. It's quite interesting you mentioned Porteous there, Tony, because although I mean back on the third of October when Hibs played Rangers, you lost two one at Ibrooks. 11 v 11, you were the better team, you went ahead 1-0 and the incident with Portis not only changed the game, but then Portis been out and regardless of what, of what I think about him, he is definitely one of your best defenders. You've lost him and then he's missing for the, the Dundee United games as well after that where you lose 3-0 and then you know you, you lose at Aberdeen as well. I mean, they had to, at some point, Aberdeen had to break that duck with their terrible run. It just happened to be when they were playing against you. Um, and Ryan Porteous is actually going to be back tomorrow. He's going to be slotting back into that Hibs defence. And now from my point of view as a Celtic fan, I'd be looking for us to wind them up and get them to commit into doing those tackles that I, I, he's been doing it for quite a long time. I wouldn't say right, he's a dirty player. He seems to save that against Rangers. But focusing on tomorrow's game though, Tony, with Ryan Portis and that Hibs team, do you have any concerns about him being back or do you think that's actually a, a, a positive for these now? Oh, I think it's it's absolutely huge for Hibs. Um, I, I totally understand where people come from. Sometimes I see him as quite immature. I think sometimes he plays occasionally, and I'm using the word occasionally, like he's got like a brand new girlfriend in the stand and he needs to sort of show off in front of them. Uh, but on the whole... And I mean that very much, especially in the last so last season and the start of this season, he's improved so much. He's quick. He can get back. So even when he makes mistakes, sometimes he can get back. But never mind the, the defensive side of it and his sort of aggression and, and aerial ability. In terms of our ability to build through the pitch, Ryan Porteous is absolutely huge for that. He's handling sort of McGregor. Uh, and now this this new player, Nathan Wood, that's came in, none of them have the capabilities of stepping out. Porteous gets some of the most touches as a Hibs player, and especially now with us missing um, sort of McGuinness and also not having really the ability to go long to, to dodge. It's Porteous normally who drives out and he can play those drilled passes into Kevin Nisbet's feet, uh, which can sort of move us forward really quickly. And with sort of, you can see how much of an issue it's been. Nisbet's been sort of, non-existent for the last few weeks and now with sort of Joe Newell and um, Jake Doyle Hayes they've really struggled to get into games as well and they've been really negative and, and, and sort of passive in, in their in their ways and I believe that as I said Doidge, McGuinness and Porteous as a spine they all have sort of different attributes in terms of how they bring us up the pitch uh, we really can't afford to be without three of them so I'm delighted that, that one's back in, in Ryan Porteous Again, tomorrow, you know that it's it's a it's a very different Celtic team to what you were up against last season, and quite literally as well, because you know there's a new manager, new attitudes, um, and there's been just generally a new style of play in the Celtic team as opposed to the passive and forgettable phases of play we saw under Neil Lennon last season, and then John Kennedy as well. Tony, what's your take on this Celtic team? Um, I mean, at the start of the season, you would have been having a right good laugh at it when we lost at Tynecastle and we looked all over the place. We've been far more assured recently. There's been a lot of progress made and the team just looked far more coherent on the pitch now. There's um, there's a greater understanding with the, with the players with, with each other and they've just seemed to have gelled far, far more fluidly to what um, anyone had expected, really, because I, I think after the start we had to the season... I think a lot of people were actually writing it off. I wasn't, but a lot of people were genuinely thinking, you know, focus on next season. Um, but from a Hibs sort of point of view and from 
you know, more specifically your point of view. What do you make of this Celtic team and what's your concerns going into it tomorrow night? I'm starting to absolutely love this Celtic team. If I'm being really honest, uh, Stevie, they're, they're the it's the most sort of ambitious sort of lineups that he go for, which I, I love. The fact that he's managing to get sort of Callum McGregor being sort of the most defensive player in a midfield, the fact that he's willing to do that, not just in the the Scottish Premiership, but he's also willing to do it in, in the European games and recently been playing with sort of Rogic and Turnbull, as well as now Furuashi, you've got Ab- Abda, uh, and, and Jota's been a wonderful, it's like he just looks like possibly being one of the most entertaining sort of players in the league. So it, it's really brave, it's really ambitious, and I think that was really important from Ange Postacoglu because... Celtic fan, they totally lost their identity last season. They were sort of embarrassed on the pitch. So, like, it's one thing to say that Celtic could go for the league, and they, and they certainly can, but I think it was almost more important that the Celtic fans got their enjoyment back uh, about going to the games, and I think he's definitely going to do that. We're going to see Juranovic is starting to play now, Startfell, Vickers, you've got Julien coming back, so we might be able to see a more solid base. Uh, but even if they are still... Uh, weaknesses in that Celtic defence, they are going to be so much fun to watch. And I'm really interested to see how the, the new Greek striker that I'm not really going to try and pronounce right now, it's going to be interesting to see what Celtic are like now with a proper centre forward who wants to play in between the posts rather than Furuashi, who is superb in his ability. Because I feel like Furuashi sort of suits Angie's style really well in there. But I think maybe for how much Celtic are on top in games, how attacking they are, that really having a striker who plays in between the posts is really going to be important because he's going to get so many chances. There needs to be someone always in that position. So let me ask you this one, Tony. What are you more concerned about? The fact that Furuhashi could be through the middle or we could have big Gigi through the middle. They're both totally different players. But if you're a Hibs defender or you're Jack Ross, who are you more concerned about? Obviously, we've seen a lot of Furuhashi this season, so we can see how sort of absolutely... Sort of like just absolute star quality that, that the guy's got, and, and he's, he's just such a exciting player to watch. And he's, he's touching, he's purely his ability is so great. So, I'd say I'm more worried about I'm actually more worried the fact that now you can play both of them. Like I said, you, it brings a new dimension to Celtic's team that you can really afford to have. And Gigi being sort of fully central forward, playing in there, and then now Furuashi can almost be given a free role. And I think that is, is fair to say. I mean, you've been playing with the inverted fullbacks, which has been quite fun. It was quite fun to watch. Again, it's the ambition of Ange Postacoglu. It might make him fall on his face sometimes, but I'm all for it. And I think Celtic managers and and all firm managers in general should be really ambitious in in their style of play and how they they approach games in in Scotland. But yeah, I think I'm worried the fact that that Gigi will probably be able to play in that centre road and then Furuashi is just going to be able to do whatever he wants. I think from a Hibs perspective, we're going to, you're definitely going to see three at the back tomorrow. I pretty much would say that every team in Scotland needs to be going with three, at least a 3-5-2 or a 3-6-1, even when they when they play Celtic now. Because with Celtic bringing those inverted fullbacks in and playing with four players across and behind a striker who are all attack-minded and have, like the wide players are more than comfortable to come inside, that your best bet in terms of totally nullifying Celtic in a in a in a defensive sense 
is to just crowd as much of that midfield as, as humanly possible and then look to play quick balls in behind because obviously Starkville and Vickers, they're not the tallest, which is why I'm disappointed, especially that Dodge isn't there in terms of someone to rough them up. But I would be putting Martin Boyle sort of into that, maybe into that mm-hmm. central role, which I don't always love him in, but I think for this game specifically, um, Celtic centre-halves are very far apart normally when, when I watch them and then you've got the full-backs that are quite inverted. So there could be room and space for, for Boyle to, to really take advantage in there. Guys like uh, Kevin Nisbet, he's not started well. I mean, he's got a fantastic header against Rangers at Ibrox, but two goals in eight Premiership games hasn't been the, the best uh, returns. But then we look at Martin Boyle, he's scored six goals in ten, and he's not even an out-and-out striker as well. He's a player tomorrow that I think could make a difference for Hibs, and you're saying he could be playing central. Would you be playing him and Nisbet in the same sort of... Up front, or would you be playing um, Martin Boyle there and having maybe Nisbet coming off the bench? Or do you think Nisbet's going to uh, raise his game for that one tomorrow? Like Nisbet, a big problem for, for Hibs, like I said. We, with Dodge missing, we basically don't have any other striker. Hibs brought in James Scott um, on loan, but if we're being honest, James Scott, when he was at Motherwell, was more of a wide forward. He's a strong guy. Then he's went down south, he's had injury problems. But since he's came back, if he was brought back as a as a backup for Dodge, then he, he just doesn't have the skill set for it. Um, he's not able to bully the defenders in any way near the same way. And if I'm being frank, James Scott has been nothing short of like awful since he's arrived at, at Hibs. I think Hibs will go with both Boyle and Nisbet. As I said, Celtic's weakest part of their of their team is their, is their defence. And I think, well, I think Starkfield's improving. I still feel he gets caught under the ball quite regularly. Um, and as I said, the, the design of Celtic's defence... They, they, they play pretty far apart, the, the two centre-halves. And obviously, you could improve the, the full-back scenarios for, for Celtic, I think, but still tactically, the way that he's he's using them means that if you use Boyle and Nisbet as a striker, it means Boyle would have freedom to, to move into those wide positions and maybe team up with, I'm imagining, Chris Cadden playing in the, in the wing-back role and Paul McGinn moving into the three at the centre-halves. So Boyle, similar to what I'm talking about, Furuashi, will, will get much more of a free role, which I think is important with the gaps at Celtic, it intentionally leave. You know, that's just the design of their playing. They, they, it's not it's not arrogance. It's just the fact that they know that they they want to play on the front foot and that's absolutely what Ange Postacoglu wants to do. And Nisbet, he's the only natural striker. So I, I just don't see him getting dropped now, even though in theory, you probably he probably deserves it, but tactically, I think he need to play with a with a proper striker in there. Want to talk about Josh Doig a wee bit because this is a guy who I was saying in the summer Celtic should have went uh, for because when you look at our options there, we've had you know Greg Taylor. I don't think is anywhere near good enough. We all thought Bolly Ball and Goalie was just going to be punted, but Bolly's actually came in and performed very well when he's been called upon. But doesn't look as if he's going to be playing week to week whatsoever, despite his impressive displays for us so personally I, I I can't stand seeing our most calm defender Joseph Juranovic at left back he's got to be right back I'm a firm believer of playing your best players in their best positions and that's where Joseph Juranovic should be playing at right back despite how well um, Anthony Ralston's been playing I would rather still see Juranovic there and I'd rather see us you know go out in January because we're going to have to put up with us just now but I'd like to see us go out in January um, and buy in a proper left-back and put an end to this nonsense. But that's just me. I just like to see best players played in their best positions. I don't know, maybe that's too out there for some people. But talk about Josh Doig then. There was a lot of hype about him last season. Um, he's not really hit the same heights this season, has he, Tony? What's the reason for that being? Yeah, he's, he's he struggled a bit this season. I mean, even to the point 
that in the Aberdeen game, he was dropped and the good old Lewis Stevenson was brought back into the team. And I don't mind that. I mean, we, that was happened various times last season. I mean, specifically after um, we played, we got beat 3-0 off Celtic at, at Parkhead. Uh, Doig had a tough time with Frimpong out there and he was dropped and the same happened when he came up against Tavernier and then a couple of other um, sort of situations over the season where we, we brought him in and out. He's still sort of 18, 19 years old. So you do need to look after him. And I think that was one of Jack Ross's best sort of attributes last season is how he how he looked after Josh Doig. And I think we just have to accept he is going to have up and downs and we need to make room for him to be much more attacking than, than we than we have this season. He's played a bit with the brakes on. And frankly, this is the first season we've really seen him. He's played in front of fans in his, in his career. So I'm going to lay off him a bit, but I would definitely be playing him tomorrow. I mean, Louis Stevenson at left wing back, I think it's asking a bit much of, of him. He's he's much older now. We saw the goal that Hibs conceded against Aberdeen. Louis Stevenson was out of position because we were maybe just asking too much of him in that wing-back role and Scott Brown clipped over his head for, for Ramsey, another sort of young fullback in the league who's doing great this season. He was gotten behind to create the goal. So, Doig, I think we'll be back in tomorrow, hopefully most times from last season, every time that he's been brought back in after being given sort of a little time out, he, he's performed and but it's going to be a big ask for him and he's going to need sort of Paul Hanlon playing on that left centre-back role. He's going to need to give him a lot of support as I imagine it'll be Furuashi or, or Jota playing on the right-hand side. So it's going to be a real handful for whoever's going to be out there. You could end up, yeah. actually, in fairness, you could end up going with Stevenson tomorrow simply if he, if he just gives up that side of the pitch and we play maybe a bit lopsided and sort of Cadden sort of the out ball on the right and Stevenson sort of sticks um, to, to the defensive side on the left, but it'll be interesting to see, certainly. All runs are there to be broken. They can't go on forever. Now, Aberdeen had the won a game since August. They happened to be up against Hibs, and I'm sure many Hibs fans already had that feeling it's going to end today, and lo and behold, it did. They won one nil. but what's your feeling on this one tomorrow now? It's been very well documented. Celtic's record at Easter Road in the league has been appalling. Now, since you guys came back up in the 2017-2018 season, we haven't won there in the league. But if we look at the, the last time we beat Hibs at Easter Road, that was in the 26th of January 2014. Hibs obviously get relegated that season, Tony. But since then, since you came back up, there's been a 2-2 draw at Easter Road. Hibs then stopped Celtic winning the league in 21st April 2018. It was a 2-1-1, but it was a 2-0-1 on the 16th of December 2018. After that, it was an absolute horror show for Celtic. Then there was a 0-0 draw, a 1-1 draw, and after that, there's been a 2-each draw and a 0-0 draw. Now, what is the reason that Hibs have got such a good record at Easter Road against us? Okay. Um, well, it's just tough because obviously there's a, it's a lot of different teams in there. I mean, the funny ones, even when Hibs were going through the bad period under under Paul Heckenbottom, that Hibs even picked up a 1-1 draw during that period when I think Doidge sort of hit off one of your players and it, and it was an own goal and it, and it ended up 1-1. Easter Road, there's the atmosphere as all, like I'm, you, you, you'll understand this uh, with Celtic, is I always talk about this off the back of big European games for Celtic or Rangers or for Hibs or Hearts when they finish playing games, when they win when they, they win a big derby during the week and then they're playing, and no disrespect, I just mean St Mirren or Motherwell or someone at the Livingston at the weekend, it can always be quite hard to, to get the crowd going. But the beauty for Hibs when they play 
sort of Celtic. The, the crowd's really with them, and that doesn't happen every single week. And I think that has a huge impact on the players because, as I said, Hibs are well-known. Hibs Hearts have got good good atmospheres. But, like I said, when you go weekly, you'll under, as I said, you'll understand this, that it, it doesn't always the same. When the, the, you sit in expectation in a lot of games, you expect it when you're waiting for the players to get, to get you off your seat. But a game against Celtic at any time at Easter Road, it'll normally be a big crowd, a big away crowd. There'll be a lot of singing and it'll be enjoyable. And I think that translates to the pitch and it gets that extra yard out of certain players. It gets us battling more. Um, and so you can push people over the line because it's been different teams with different tactics all the time. So it's hard to really talk about over such a long period of time the, the, the sort of key component to, to doing that. Plus Hibs have... Hibs, unlike other teams in the league, have players normally who can who can hurt Celtic, especially over the last couple of years. So obviously Hibs have just been frankly one of the better teams in the last few years, which means that Celtic Rangers will have tougher games when they when they come to Easter Road. But there's a myriad of reasons why it would actually happen. But um hopefully it continues, but I've got my doubts that 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 it will tomorrow. Coming to the part of people actually getting to see the game tomorrow. What's your thoughts on the the wonderful Sky, who we will not criticise on this podcast, not showing the game. I mean, it's fairly justified, isn't it, that people are raging at it because it's, it's an absolute nonsense. Now, I know there's Hibs pay-per-view and that's what people are going to have to do as well as, you know, IPTV, which I personally will, will be dealing with. But, Tony, that situation, absolute joke, isn't it? And it's not just Celtic and Rangers fans that are fuming about it. Like, the whole of Scottish football and the fans there should be up in arms. Well, here's the interesting bit that you have to remember about sort of the SPFL and, and the deals that they make with with Sky, etc. It's it's a, it's a completely members association. The, the clubs control really what the SPFL do. They control what they can have, what they can spend on staff, what they can spend on areas of, of the organisation. So right now we don't really have any money set aside for marketing and the clubs just basically do their, do their own marketing individually. Um, and that's also the same with this TV deal, as far as I'm aware, is that the, the, the clubs didn't really want to sell too many matches. So they, they've sold the matches that they're willing to sell and frankly, we've kind of got the going rate for that amount of, amount of games that we've willing to sell. So if you do it by by sort of match, um, it's it's very similar to to other leagues, similar size leagues around Europe, except that they're just willing to sell off all their games uh, to to be live on telly. And it's interesting; it's, it's something we hold dear in Scottish football. As people go into the games, we're one of the few leagues where really. The, the the actual people attending the football matches is our biggest sort of amount of money that comes in for for each of the clubs. So it's the maybe there's a fear that if they do if they go one side, um, that they'll lose they'll lose the other. It's it's, it's always really interesting, but that is something we we do need to remember here is that we're a we're a members organisation and we they they control how the SPFL are going to work. That doesn't mean the SPFL are always doing a good job, of course, and there's and there's many reasons for that, but it's, it's a voting system and the clubs are obviously scared to sell off too many games. But on the flip side, when you go to Sky, there's enough games that you think if there's a midweek one, surely you can show one, especially when it's as big as sort of Celtic v, well, Hibs v Celtic and sort of Rangers v, v Aberdeen. And will you be going to Easter Road tomorrow? I shall, and I look forward to it. Like, uh, you, nothing better than a, a midweek game under the lights, uh, as I'm sure most people agree. And like I said, when it's a, when it's a big one and you're playing Celtic, even if we are in, in poor form and I, and I have my own reservations about how this game's going to go, it's still exciting because, God, I, I don't know if I've been a, 
if there's been a, there's not been a nighttime game for for years that I've been able to go to, so I can't wait. Just wanted to ask when it comes to games in the past between Hibs and Celtic at Easter Road, but it's been the one that comes to your mind the like right away is like the classic one for you as a fan. My, my favourite one is the day Hibs won three two, and sort of Boric uh, sort of dropped a couple of clangers. Gary Caldwell was given. Yeah, giving it big licks down the east stand after he'd left after he scored an equaliser. Sort of Boric was dancing in front of the east stand, so there was just so much going on in that game. But yeah, that's the one that sticks to mind. People ran on the like Boric threw his gloves away and someone ran on and got them. But just due to the sort of Celtic players' behaviours doing it and noising the Hibs fans up and then them going ahead and, and sort of mucking up at different areas of the game and Hibs going on to win, that's obviously a, a game that was close to my heart and, and memory. Aye, it sounds brilliant. Anyway, <laughs> Tony, I, <laughs> I want to get a shoot prediction from you for tomorrow's game before we finish up here. Now I'm going to go, I did say to Rizzo when we were doing our shoot predictions that I personally saw this one being a draw and so did Rizzo. He didn't think we'd won either, but after the last few performances and when you take Hibs results into account as well, Sadly, I'm still going to have to still go with a draw because I can't change that, even though in my head I would like to say that, you know, I think Celtic will run out winners, but officially I still have to go with the, the draw that I predicted. But, Tony, you're on the spot. What's it going to be? 3-2 or 4-2 to Celtic. I think it'll be a, a very high-scoring game, but I think Celtic will, will, will come out winners in the end. And Hibs won't have that many shots on goal, but I think we'll get a few clear-cut chances that we'll take through... Um, through as the stuff I was talking about earlier with moving Boyle Central and playing the quick balls over the top in those specific times when we get the opportunity. And with a fourth defeat in a row, be putting pressure on Jack Ross? Yeah, I think I think there's already pressure on Jack Ross. Jack Ross isn't the most um, popular manager at Easter Road for a, for a range of reasons. I'll give you one example. I mean, the stuff after the Porteous red card, uh, there's, I'm always thinking... I, Jack Ross comes down, down behind like a, a really sensible, um, sort of thorough guy who, who really thinks things through and doesn't like to sort of shoot for the hip. And, and, and I respect that. But I think sometimes you've got to be a football manager. And there was a there was a period there where you can go for the indignation and get the fans behind you. And he, he never really goes for it. And that's, that's all well. But I think something, as I said, you've got to play the football manager idea. And that was the best time to do it drum up some indignation with the fans, get them behind everyone and feel that we've been we've been hard done by. Whether that's correct or not, that's irrelevant. It's about how Hibs are able to react better under that. So because of that style of management and the way that Jack Ross carries himself, which is with quite a lot of dignity, but that isn't always something that gets the juices flowing for, for fans. And then on top of that, he's obviously lost big, big derbies. He lost semis and, and finals last season. So he's already got that big game thing over the top of him. So while I think he's been let down with the recruitment side of it uh, coming in for last summer, he will be in trouble because I think there's a element of the Hibs fans that would be that are quick to, who, are, who are ready to to sort of go on the front foot and attack it, Jack Ross. But I think he does have the backing of the club, and I think he is a good manager as such. So I think he will be able to turn it around quickly. So yes, I think he'll be in trouble, but I don't think we'll be seeing the back of him anytime soon even if a fourth defeat is apparent. I would like to say good luck and all that and all the best for tomorrow, but that would be very insincere of me and I'm not an insincere guy. But what I'm going to be sincere about is by saying thank you for coming on GigPod, especially right after your work. It's 
hugely appreciated. And also for the audience, if they want to listen to more of what you do, let them know where you are. But no problem at all. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. So I hope that you've come along and listen. And Stevie, don't hesitate to ask me again. It's been good fun. So I appreciate your time. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.